0: And now,
1: Proper Propaganda. like that? journalist back. orders from
0: Well, if you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I'm your host, Ramses Jha. He is Ramses Jha? I am Q Ward. This is Civic Cipher. Shout out to our producer, Ms. Maggie, a.k.a. Maggie B. Mellon. She do. Yes, indeed. Uh, we have a new intern in the studio. His name is Keon. So, uh, shout out to Keon as well. Um... Stick around. We're going to talk about some more teens. Um, let's make sure that we touch on a very heavy issue. Um, there's a video that went viral of police chasing a 12-year-old boy who was riding on an ATV. So we're going to spend some time discussing how the police beat and kicked him. We're also going to take some time to talk about the Chicago race riot. That will be for our way black history fact. Um, That one's a tough one too, but hey, we need to know about it. And if you weren't around in uh, 1919, then, (laughs) you know, I had to learn it. So so do you. Uh, But first we're going to talk about how to become a better ally. Baba. So yeah, this week's Baba comes uh, to you from black enterprise magazine sponsored by hip hop weekly magazine. Um, And we're going to talk about Stellantis leveling the playing field for black suppliers. All right. Stellantis and the national business league have launched the inaugural collective of the national black supplier development program. National black supplier development program will support the development of more than 2.9 million black businesses around the country and internationally for future opportunities within the federal government and public and private sectors. The program announced the new uh, program addition of a diverse group of several corporate partners that will enhance development and business opportunities for participating companies. Corporate partners include additional auto manufacturers. That's a big one. Tier one suppliers, finance, banking, and other business service providers. Quote, these are exciting next steps for the Stellantis National Business League National Black Supplier Development Program. That's a mouthful. On its journey to ensure that all black businesses Um, And enterprises and suppliers have an equitable and inclusive stake in the global marketplace. Excuse me. The launch of the inaugural collective and addition of outstanding corporate partners ensures the program will be a sustainable force of significant business and development opportunities for black businesses, entrepreneurs and communities for many years to come. Um, that comes to us from Mark Stewart, the COO of Stellantis North America. And this one comes from Maggie B. Noen. Uh, whatever you can do to diversify your suppliers for your business or your household, it all makes a difference and allows you to be a BA, become a better ally, Baba. So that is a wonderful example of people um, championing black businesses and um, creating opportunities uh, that will Create a more equitable uh, environment for all of us.
2: Now, on to the big business. Um, I guess I I should paint this picture. You want to paint it? You can, but I I do want to say
1: that this time we both watched the video. Yeah, we try not to do that. We try to you know share the load, and we try to not.
2: both have to bear the trauma of the type of things
1: that we have to consume in order for this show to be done properly but we both saw this one um and and many of you listening maybe have seen it as well and you'll you'll begin as you listen to the description of this story to maybe be a little sick to your stomach um because there might be some truths in this one that wouldn't ob- wouldn't seem or appear to be obvious to you if you didn't see it. If it was just described as police and minor, you might draw a
2: conclusion that in this case is not true. Yeah, um, thanks for saying that, Q. Because you know, not all
0: these stories end in death. The ones that do unfortunately get sensationalized, and we have to talk about those more because death is obviously a much bigger issue than
2: the beating of black people and and trauma um, um, against black bodies, but when you are a father, the way Q is a father
0: in the way i am a father and when you are a mother the way maggie is a mother and when we have to put these show together the show together for you and we look at it and we have to think okay this is the world
2: that we live in and we're raising our children and it hits different it it's enough to make you cry I don't have this child's name because he's a child. Um, I don't know what he looks like except
0: that he has brown skin because his face is blurred out in the uh, press conference that we were um, able to watch. But basically, he was uh, with his friends. They were riding ATVs. Um, This took place in uh, Plaquemines Parish in New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, they're riding their ATVs. Um, As you know, ATVs are loud. They're not subject to like muffler laws and that sort of stuff. So I would guess that the noise and the ruckus and the fun in the air caused some folks to call the police or otherwise attracted the attention of the police. And then there's and in a lot of
1: states, you're not allowed to ride ATVs in normal traffic. So just being on the road on an ATV mm-hmm. would, would, you know, garner the attention of sure,
0: law enforcement. Um, Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I don't know that because I, I don't know the, the story before it, but I, I have to tell myself a version of the story that I have to tell myself something that led up to it. What was the worst case scenario? And what was the likely scenario that led to this outcome? You know, I have, so I have these thought experiments I run, but you know, I don't imagine anybody would have as much fun riding an ATV on the street as they would riding it off road where there's jumps and bumps and dips, you know, stuff to like kind of engage you in the writing process a bit more. But to your point, they were riding on the road at a point uh, when the, we saw the videos. Now these guys were uh, riding the ATVs. police. Um, show up and they try to apprehend them and you know everybody kind of scatters goes their their way um i believe there was four riders something like that um the youngest is the 12 year old that we're going to be talking about today and uh you know he said that he didn't even know at first that they were there for him he was just trying to get out of their way or whatever because he didn't know that he was doing anything wrong you know it's just often the case when you're 12 and you haven't been made privy, you know, to like you haven't been made aware of all the laws that exist. Which, by the way, there are about ten thousand laws. You should never talk to the police because they'll incriminate you on something. Anyway, um, I'll read this. Um, this comes from the Thompson Justice Institute. Uh, this comes from a press release. The family of a minor child demand the immediate termination of the. Plaquemines Parish Sheriff's Officers who violated the constitutional rights of their minor son in New Orleans, Louisiana, August 24, 2022. Um, Human and civil rights attorney Ryan K. Thompson and Jessica Hawkins have been retained by the family of the 12-year-old who can be seen being beaten by two
2: Plaquemines Parish Sheriff's deputies. Family of a 12-year-old juvenile Um, Representative Dr. Ashanta
0: Wyatt and their attorneys are calling for the immediate uh, termination of the officers. In dash camera footage from February 19th, Sergeant Dugas uh, can be seen using excessive force against a non-resisting 12-year-old when he snatches the juvenile off his stopped dirt bike and violently slams him to the ground. Uh, Subsequently, Sergeant Francis is seen violently kicking and stomping on the minor while Sergeant Dugas is seen, seen kneeling atop the 12 year old. Um, now, I'm going to stop right here for a second because you're hearing us read this, but um, we want to share with you what the actual child said in the way that he recalled the event. So, uh, Maggie, can you fire that up for
2: us? I've been seeing these officers turn around and. I'm I'm looking back, I'm like, is he trying to is he trying to um the area? Is he trying to chase somebody else? I'm trying to figure out is he trying to get me, is he trying to come back to me? But then once I figured out that he was actually trying to pursue me, that's when the regular life was actually buzzing. That's whenever that the cop came in front of me and cut me off. So that's why I swerved over to the left side, I mean, to the right side of the train tracks I turned the bike off and then he came I, he Jumped out of the car and ran up to me and pulled me off the bike. I was on the ground with the bike on me, but a very hot bike on um, me. At that point in the video, you can see
0: the officer pull him off of the, the the ATV and slam him onto the ground, you know. And then you see another officer run toward this dash cam video that we saw. And he like winds his leg back and then he kicks this child. And then the next maneuver maneuver he does is like kind of a stamp, like a stomp onto the child. Right. And so this is why these people are talking about excessive force. Um, this is a video that you don't have to watch. Um, it's a little bit more mild because you don't actually see, you see the officer, you don't see the child, you don't see the harm, but, um, You don't have to watch this video because if you have
2: children, you're going to feel this one. Um, And there's something that we need to let you know about, and that is that the officer that runs up and kicks the child is himself black. The reason that's important is because, you know, there are people that listen to our show and they think that we are unfair to police
0: because police are often white and in their minds, the criminals are often black. Right. And that is not the case. And we make that point very often on the show. Police, as
2: it is done in this country, is extreme, almost invariably. Um,
0: these people have been, these officers have been sort of empowered. Uh,
2: and we, the people, have been indoctrinated to allow them
0: to be judge, jury, and executioner. They're blameless they do nothing wrong and anything that happened is the result of the person who is being apprehended even if in fact they're innocent you know q and you know maggie that uh the amount of people on the the right that tried to blame brianna taylor for her own death while she was asleep that's one inside her house in her own house yeah you you know this that they will figure out a way to blame you for dying for being killed, being killed. Thank you. Uh, that's important to say it that way. And uh, no one on that side really stops and says, you know what? Maybe they should have taken a moment or maybe that force wasn't. A- Listen, if I pull over on an ATV and I turn it off and I'm sitting there, okay, do I need to be tackled? yanked off of my motorcycle kicked you know whatever and one of the things that we talk about a lot on this show is um how officers often yell stop resisting to insinuate that the person that they're apprehending is somehow resisting um so that they can inflict further damage on that human um and you know if it ever if there's ever anything that's like an investigation launched into it, they will be on record on video, et cetera, having yelled out, stop resisting. And then um, all is right with the world. Well, the, the jury or the judge, whoever has an opinion on it will say, well, clearly he wouldn't yell out, stop resisting if the individual wasn't resisting. And they'll completely ignore the person screaming. I'm not resisting. I'm
1: I, That's why I pulled over. That's why I'm sitting here. and the video of the person not
2: resisting right now black officers can also be a part of
0: a white supremacist system black people can be a part of that um white supremacist doesn't mean uh perpetuated only by white people it means it is a system designed to benefit white people. And we know that historically there've been lots of non-white folks that have benefited from white supremacist systems that ultimately benefit a richer, more powerful, oftentimes white male um, at the end of the day. That's what if you you follow the, the money, it stops there. That's where the buck stops, right? So, i forgive the language i like this video showing a black officer doing this because it suggests that this is a much bigger problem than black and white this is a maybe not bigger problem but uh, the nature of the problem is is not just black and white the nature of the problem is the way black people are regarded in this country and you know, we keep saying it over and over again. We're talking about policing. We're talking about the criminal justice system. Um, now, I do need to read uh, a little bit more, but but first I want to kind of paint a little bit of picture here. So um, I'll ask you a couple questions, Q. Is it the case that sometimes children get involved in mischief? Almost constantly. Right. Cool. All right. 12 years old. Man, I wish when I was 12, I had an ATV, man, I would have been revving it because that would have been cool and riding it everywhere and kicking up mud and all that sort of stuff. Um, That doesn't mean that I deserve to get my head kicked, you know, by a police officer and arrested and all this sort of stuff. You could just tell me not to do that anymore at 12 years old and be a police officer. And guess what? I'm not going to do. It's not like I'm like, you know, I'm you know what I mean? That that I'm not going to like go against the police or any authority you know, figure in my life at 12, my teacher could say that my neighbor could say it and I would just stop. You know what I mean? But I just wanted to establish that mischief, right? It's not the worst thing in the world. That's a part of growing up. We know that, but police oftentimes their interactions with people, it's like they, this person that has caused some sort of infraction is a hardened criminal worthy of the worst prison sentence ever. Um, and we need to approach them accordingly, because if we don't, they're going to kill everybody else, including me. I wish it was that though go ahead, Q. I I know what you're going to say,
1: so say it right, yeah, say it. I wish it was that say it right? We've seen officers arrive on the scene where the person was a hardened criminal that had just murdered people. Say it, but they were white, so they were respectfully apprehended peacefully in some cases, even taken and fed Burger King. <laughs> That's the biggest slap in the face to black people. It's just when they arrive and the suspect looks like us. Then they have to be taught some extra lesson. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be humiliated in some way beyond just being apprehended and
0: arrested. Sure. Um, Real quick. I want to make sure that we uh, say this the right way. There was a, a young man. We won't say his name this time, but I do know his name. Went into a church some years back. Shot nine. Black church. Shot nine people as they were praying and cultivating their relationship with the Lord. Um, nine people died in the church, and the police arrested the young man and then took him to Burger King. And that's what I meant when I said that's the biggest slap in the face to black people because that man is alive and well somewhere. He had his day in court. He's able to still breathe, um, and you know went in unharmed and wasn't weeks. shot, wasn't stomped out,
1: wasn't concussed, wasn't punched in the face. He was not in that Burger King? that's hurtful
0: all right um i also want to say that um as the police were chasing this young man uh this boy i can call him a boy you can't <laughs> i can call him a boy <laughs> now you can call him boy I meant you the listener don't uh, please do not refer to any black person male as boy it is uh there's there's some roots there there's some history there that's um you may not know about and that's yeah, that'll it's, be a topic on the show soon yeah we have to talk about that the boy is is adjacent to the n-word um, you, you have to just i'm um, just a fun fact tidbit you know it's the most respectful way that you can be they used to not they used to not call us men because we weren't equal to white men and so the word boy is particularly offensive to black people a lot of folks don't know that so anyway as they were chasing this boy on his atv um it 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 was almost like the police officers were like in a video game, or like it was like they were rustling cattle or something. Like it was it was crazy because they're like, "Woo, smoke them. smoke!" And 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 the uh, the child heard them say that, and he's like, "Oh," <laughs> as as you can imagine, you know, smoke him. What did I do? Smoke
2: him, you know.
0: So um. I need to make sure that that's established as well. Um, And then I want to read this real quick, and then I'm going to uh, toss to you for your thoughts, Q. So uh, additionally, the family seeks a full investigation into Sergeant Francis, uh, Sergeant Dugas, and the other... Uh, parish sheriff's officers who responded to the february 19 2022 event the dangerous maneuvers deployed by those uh, sheriff's officers that evening endangered the life of the minor child and ultimately left him with a concussion and a fractured left tibia further the tactics deployed in the video are extremely similar to those being used by the officers in the reckless pursuit of teens reginald hamilton and cody blanchard which took place three months later on may 30th 2022 same sheriff's department. Um, so this says, yep, wow, same, same department.
2: So, um, Q, you have a black son? Yes, I do. A beautiful, kind, brilliant black son. Mm.
1: He might think one of these things is cool, huh? Oh, he's absolutely gonna think
0: that ATVs are cool, like, yeah. yeah absolutely or he might want to just go play outside and breathe in fresh air and run and experience the world as children do you're familiar with the name tamir rice i am unfortunately you know um if you don't know that name make sure you're in the right headspace before you look that one up because that's a heavy one yeah my, my, my kid has a water
1: blaster <laughs> he calls it <laughs> So imagine that, right? Yeah. No, son, I need you to play with that in the garage, in the back.
2: Because who knows? Even though it's blue and orange and green, who knows?
0: You know, the thing is, is that, and this is another thing just to bear in mind.
2: Things happen. Tragedies happen. Mistakes happen. I think that on some level, we all collectively are comfortable with the logic of that,
0: collectively, not individually. If you lose your baby, you might, that logic might not hold up in your life, okay? And I'll, I will see that entirely. But collectively, as a society, we can say mistakes happen. Typically, when accidents happen, mistakes happen, there's some degree of accountability. And oftentimes, we do not see accountability when the person is black. We were talking about environmental racism, and we we what what how did I describe the response? Was a uh, low effort or uh, mediocre or some sort of response? I forgot the word I used. Lackluster. Lackluster. Thank you. Lackluster response. Um, as if black life has no worth. And again, at best less worth at best less worth. Thank you. And so now you start to understand why the black panthers existed. Now you understand why we have to affirm the black lives matter. Now you understand why a show like civic cypher exists to educate you, our allies, our friends, the people that love us and we love you too. Um, and hopefully we can help change the culture and change the narrative a bit. So yeah. Moving on, it's time for the Way Black History Fact. Um, so, this week's Way Black History Fact is sponsored by Hip Hop Weekly Magazine and it comes via uh, Chicago Um the Chicago Race Riot of 1919 Commemoration Project. And I'll read. On Sunday, July 27, 1919, an unusually hot summer day, black 17-year-old Eugene Williams and four of his friends took a homemade wooden raft out onto Lake Michigan on the south side. They pushed off from 26th Street Beach, the only beach in the city reserved for black beachgoers and swimmers. Although there was no legal segregation in Chicago, de facto segregation was common, including along the lakefront. While in the water, the boys unintentionally floated across an invisible boundary line, Uh, demarking a whites-only part of the lake, as well as the beach. At 29th Street, Street, George Stauber, a 24-year-old white man, hurled stones at the five black boys until Williams ultimately drowned. White police officer at the scene, Daniel Callahan, refused to take Stauber into custody, nor would Callahan let a black police officer do so. Subsequently, a crowd of black and white Chicagoans gathered in protest near the beach. Police reinforcements massed at the scene but confronted the black crowd rather than investigating Williams' murder. As police acted more aggressively toward the crowd, a black man named James Crawford fired a gun at the officers. Police returned fire and killed Crawford. As word and rumors spread, the city erupted in racial violence. Much of the rioting took place on the... South side, sorry about that and in nearby nearby white ethnic neighborhoods like back of the yards and bridgeport the violence also spread northward uh, to the downtown loop area as well as near west side white males especially members of youth gangs and so-called athletic clubs loaded into automobiles and sped through black neighborhoods firing indiscriminately at african americans and their homes some of these gangs also set fire to tenement buildings inhabited by uh, Eastern European immigrants in order to stoke further tensions between working class white communities and black Chicagoans. White mobs pulled African Americans from streetcars and attacked individuals walking to and from work, severely beating and on several occasions killing their victims. As whites attacked, however, black people, and in particular World War I veterans, fought back in unprecedented numbers by returning fire or otherwise engaging in self-defense. A street-level expression of the growing race con- consciousness catching fire across the county, sorry, country that summer. Um, in Chicago, the National Guard was finally called in to quell the violence and to bring much-needed provisions into the besieged black belt. But... Eventually, a steady rain proved most effective in restoring peace. Over the course of one week, 38 people were killed, 23 black and 15 white, and some 537 Chicagoans were injured. Two-thirds of those injured were black, and yet African Americans also made up two-thirds of the 138 persons indicted for riot-related crimes by the state's attorney's office. Ultimately, the Chicago Police Department and the state's attorney's office overwhelmingly blamed black resistance for the violence and largely ignored or defended white perpetrators. The devastation wrought by the 1919 Chicago race riot was terrible, and so was the aftermath, along with the riot's subsequent expulsion from official memory. Hmm. Not only had hundreds been killed and injured... Large swaths of property in working-class black and white neighborhoods on Chicago's south side had been destroyed. 1000 black families were left homeless. Some major employers like the stockyards temporarily closed during the riot leaving many workers without work or access to back pay. When the meatpacking plants reopened, some plant owners banned African Americans from returning to their jobs for fear of further clashes with white workers which exacerbated the unemployment crisis civic leaders also lacked the funds and the will to prosecute most rioters only a handful were ever tried or saw any prison time most of those prosecuted were black There were just 21 total indictments white men uh sorry uh 17 black and four white and five total convictions three black and two white law enforcement and local elected officials shielded uh white men who committed most of the riots violence many south side white politicians sponsored local athletic clubs or youth gangs that ultimately were found to have instigated much of the violence future mayor richard Daley later became president of bridgeport's hamburg athletic club one of the clubs implicated in the riot though he never confirmed or denied personal participation in the violence ultimately some of chicago's white political and economic elites dismissed the riot as the work of the city's lower class elements both white and black who they claimed lacked education and morality. Almost done. It was in the best interest of decent people, they argued, to separate these whites and blacks to avoid future trouble. Such conclusions paved the way for racist policies, like the implementation of racially restrictive covenants and redlining, which prevented black Chicagoans from buying homes in certain neighborhoods. In... August of 1919, Illinois Governor Frank Lowden called for an investigation of black life and race relations in the city of Chicago. The resulting 12-person Chicago Commission on Race Relations was made up of prominent black and white Chicagoans and represented an extraordinary effort at interracial collaboration, research, and resolution. African-American sociologist Charles Charles S. Johnson carried out most of the research. And last but not least, the resultant 600-plus page report published in 1922 entitled The Negro in Chicago, a study of race relations and a race riot remains a landmark of sociology. It covered the great migration, housing, employment and social life for African-Americans in Chicago, the causes and the aftermath of the riot and surveys on public opinion regarding the city's, quote, race problem. Uh, The report extensively detailed the commission's findings of systemic racism in housing and employment policy. And the commissioners ultimately provided recommendations to remedy these problems. Many of their prescriptions would have been required active support and participation from the Chicago Police Department, state's attorney and local politicians, all of whom the commissioners charged with exacerbating the violence of the riot or failing to apprehend white perpetrators. The report's reasonable recommendations went unheeded.
2: A century later, many of them appear shockingly relevant and still needed. Whew. So, yeah. America. This is America. You should play that
0: Childish Gambino song. You know, we're on the radio in Chicago. Um, That would be WLTL, 88.1 FM. So, uh, shout out to WLTL. We appreciate you uh, carrying the show. And uh, if you're listening to us in Chicago, um, now you got a little bit more history that you may not have known about. Yeah, shout out to my family and them in Chicago. Mine too,
2: Southside,
0: Hundred Third and Wentworth. There you go. Wow, wow,
2: honey, Uh And uh, shout out to the O because you know, um, Little Dirk and King Von and them. Anyway, um, yeah, That's
0: heavy stuff, man. Heavy show. I think that's kind of par for the course around here, though. So, unfortunately, it is. Yes, indeed. Well. Anyway, that's going to do it for us here on Civic Cypher. Once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja.
1: I am this week and probably for the remainder of this year, at least, Q
0: Ward. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. Uh, show produced, uh, as always, by our producer, Maggie B. Nolan. She do. Yes, indeed. Um, and do us a favor. Um, hit the website, CivicCypher.com. And uh, if you uh, caught just the tail end of this on the radio, uh, download our podcast and share it with your friends. Um and uh, follow us on social media we are at civic cypher um donate our cash app is at civic cypher and so is our venmo and all the rest of that our patreon all that sort of stuff um and then talk to us um you know let us know if you have any ideas anything that you want us to talk about any feedback you know all that sort of stuff um we're growing with your support and we will continue to do so and um If nothing else, we appreciate you listening. So thank you for that much, all right? Until next week, y'all. Peace.
1: From headquarters, behind enemy lines, sidestepping the borders, with press passes, we bring it to you as it happens, the streets love my crew for music and rapping, street commander slash beat expander, here to fight the slander with the proper propaganda, what's happening? You got a question, then ask it, the news is just a TV show, get past it, and this from a quiet wartime journalist, headlines, wake up, brief.